You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. football program Penn and Hugh in the studio with you for two hours talking a lot of football as much as we can possibly cram in isn't that right Hugh? Yes it is morning Penny morning listeners how are we all? Well I hope everyone's great this is a fantastic day today the weather is absolutely awesome to do anything play football watch football anything football related in fact just anything at all. Anything at all, day. yep. I was up nice and early and the uh, washing is on the line, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good day for that as well, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I left that chore for my daughter. She's asleep still. <laughs> mm. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. You're on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. 30-odd years on air and still going. You can log into our podcast, which goes to air uh, a couple of hours after the show. Thank you to Nick Templeman for that. Go to the worldfootballprogram.com.au website. That's with a double M-E, the Australian English way, the proper way that should be taught in school. Sorry, I have a little bit of a bone about that. There you go. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much to everyone that supports us. We do appreciate everyone that joins the station and becomes a member via simply ringing the station. It's about 35 bucks, something like that, to become a member. Helps us just uh, pay for studio costs. We hire the studio and all the equipment, et cetera, et cetera. We do it because we love it. So any little bit helps. Thank you very much to West Coast Futsal. Greg Farrell has been a great contributor to the show over the past few years. West Coast Futsal and the Super Liga. You'll hear promos and Greg throughout the year. Thank you, Greg and team. Oswest Fencing and Rod Iron for custom-built fencing and gates, gate and fence hardware WA. For hardware and components and automation, which is going through the roof in COVID times, I can tell you. (laughs) Mm. Yes. I think across that kind of trade is just all doing pretty good at the moment, which is great for the local economy. uh, People are staying home, they're renovating, and hopefully 
staying at home watching football, not staying at home, home, but like staying in the state, yep. watching our football, getting out and enjoying participating in football. I wonder how the numbers for football is going to go this year, Hugh. What do you reckon? Well, in what terms of um, audience or participation? I'm thinking everything. I mean, we had Jamie Harmel on a couple of weeks ago from Football West and he was saying the numbers are good this year compared to yep. last year at this time, like pre-season time. Uh, I would have thought that last year they would have been down quite a bit, so up is probably mm. maybe normal. Yep. But um, I would think that you know, we've gone through some pretty hard times. We've done all the right things. Um, you know, if, if We can't travel like we have been able to in the last few years, so people are here in Western Australia. Will that mean they will go and watch more sport and participate in more sport? I'd like to hope so. We, we're getting, you know, and it's a, it's a strange new world that we're getting into a, a new normal where people are now comfortable to to maybe go outside and um, and watch their favourite sport. Uh, I have also noticed around the town that there have been signs up for various clubs with registrations of juniors and seniors, yep. so we probably won't be able to get a full uh, a picture of how many are going to participate this season until after the registration period, I would expect. But yep. the, the games are up and running already, so that's always good to see. And... Well done, Football West. They've rigid their website. It's easy to navigate through. So the, easy, yeah. Easy, yeah. That's right. All the games that we'll talk about through the show over the next couple of uh, hours in regards to the night series for the Men's State League that's kicked in, the um, men's NPL competition that's kicked in. And, and the, the women's, women's that starts next weekend, yeah. no, no, next Friday, yeah. yeah. That's the one. So you can go to footballwest.com.au and um, get all the fixtures and locations, times, etc. Yep. Um, and I, as they say, times and day uh, venues may change subject due to something. Yeah, variables. There's always variables uh, at the moment. There's a variable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's been some midweek catch-up games for yes. the night series already. And um, yeah, there, there might be some more. Who knows? We'll just uh, – it's the norm. We'll just kind of take it and see how it goes. It's got to be a hit to participation at some point, though, if you keep changing things. I mean, you might miss it in the news. You might not be able to make it if you change if the game times change. That's We've just got to be more aware and more vigilant of That's things. That's it, yeah. We're all on the, the social media, and so whichever platform that you're more familiar with, it, I'm sure it'll ping in there somewhere. Yep. And the guests we have on the show this week include Sterling Lions President Luke Pavlos about the Respect Our Elders event. Yep. Simon Hicks, Football West Referee Coordinator. I'm sure Hugh's got a few things. Got a few, yeah, but that's yep. okay. We love Simon. We do. Um, referees are part of the integral part of the game. No, Hugh. they're not. Turn it up. Uh, and we've got <laughs> Scott Halpin from School Sports having a chat to us. I love Scott's philosophy on um, coaching and participation. Yeah, I didn't much like refereeing him on occasion, <laughs> but he was okay. <laughs> Super talented player. You're not talking about his brother, Troy? Uh, if, well, we may do. <laughs> and Lily Alfield from Perth Glory. She's the goalkeeper, our Kiwi international goalkeeper. One of a handful <laughs> that are playing well in uh, the Glorious squad this year and across the W League. So a lot to talk about. Yep. Um, do catch the show live if you can't listen for the next two hours, not live, uh, on streaming uh, or podcast afterwards on the worldfootballprogram.com.au website. Or you can find us on the Facebook as well at the World Football Program. You can indeed. Um, we This is Penn and Hugh, and just to let you know that there's a group of us and you'll get different voices each week hosting, and it'll bring a different flavour each week as well. Hugh will no doubt talk about Subutio and refereeing. I'll no doubt talk about women's football. Sean will talk about Ashfield and how they're going. Mind you, probably won't want to talk about the game <laughs> against Mum FC, which they got. Jeez, Sorry, you, Sean. Yeah, well, 
You should have been here, Sean. <laughs> so we've got plenty to talk about. There's Pete Skeeler and Miranda Templeman that will also be jumping in and uh, rotating through the weeks right through to November. We're going to go to a break and we are going to come back and have a chat to the Sterling Lions President, Luke Pavlos. This is Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Thank you, everybody, for listening in and back shortly. 107.9 FM, your local station. West Coast Futsal Association has social competitions at Hollywood Futsal Club in West Perth and the Mount Lawley Futsal Club. Competitions are open for new players looking for a kick around with mates from Monday to Friday. For those looking at high level futsal, there is the Junior Leagues in Karanjup on weekends and the Male and Female Super League competitions based in Subiaco. For more information, contact Brittany on 0481 881343. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. G'day. I'm Peter Skeeler, the man behind A-LeagueStats.com and part of the world football team for 2021. Joining me this year will be women's football expert Penny Tannerhoth, Ashfield Sports Club member Sean Kelly, Subutio expert Hugh Best and Junior Matilda's goalkeeper Miranda Templeman. We will be with you every Saturday morning through to the end of November talking football. Catch the show on live stream or via our new website. Listen in later on the podcast or land on our Facebook page and share your football news. The World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Welcome back to the World Football Program on 107.9 FM. Penn and Hugh in the studio till midday today. And just a a couple of other things that uh, I will mention that with a Facebook changes this week. Ugh. There, I know, right? There was some things put out by Football West and um, the FA. So FFA is now FA. So yes, it's similar yes. to the English Football Association, yes. FA. But they were talking about if it affects you, then there's a link on the Football West page that you can put some information in to see if they can help out with yep. whatever got deleted or changed or... We, I mean, does anyone not use Facebook these days? Just about everybody I know has some kind of presence on Facebook. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And... and you know, without getting too political, that's part of the reason why Facebook have uh, had this knee-jerk reaction to it for maximum effect, which, you know, yep. as um, as we know, Mr Zuckerberg, 29 million, uh, sorry, billion, yep. uh, can, uh, can actually ask for, please, sir, can I have some more? Yeah. I mean, come on, mate. Nice position to be in as a, as a well, young person. Well, you know. Never mind, you know, we won't get too political here. There's a couple of other things I did want to mention that um, Bayern Munich, uh, club champions this week. <laughs> it was very quiet, wasn't it? No, no, that was, that was last week, the big uh, Tigress 1-0. And, um, you know, yep. I was going to wear the Bayern shirt uh, today, but I thought, well, maybe not. Do you know, I had to mention it because, I and I do surf 
the football news around, and yep. it was such a it, look. It just passed. It yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, it was usually um, you know a, a huge. Well, it is a huge event. There's no two ways about it. But um, again, it was in Qatar, uh, another uh, test for the World Cup venues that yeah. are coming up. Yep. Uh, and again, we're not going to get political about the uh, 2022 World Cup bidding processes because that could go on forever. But that's where it, that's where it was. Well done by Munich. But yep. as you say, very, very much under the radar. Yep. And for a, for a competition of that stature, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's something not going right to, at, at FIFA level. At least, well, at least the competitions are continuing. That's good for yeah, yeah. is continuing. And the final thing I did want to mention before we um, catch Luke is the that... PSG 4, Barcelona 1? No? No, no oh, it wasn't okay. That, so, okay. It was... It was <laughs> Back onto the grassroots level with kids sport vouchers. Yep. The government does provide support for families. If you yes. log on to your club page, and I think there might be a link on, I'm not sure if there's one on Football West, but there's definitely one on our World Football Program Facebook page. You can go to that and it allows the local government to pay some money towards your kids' registrations, which is very helpful. Oh, sensational. Especially if you've got a big family, that's yes. very helpful. Yep. And over to Sterling Lions. Good morning, Luke. How are you? Morning, Benny. Morning, Hugh. Morning, Luke. Sorry to keep you waiting. <laughs> no, you're fine. Bantering football. You've got, to, you've got to cover everything here when it's about the world game. Uh, there's one thing that does. Uh, right. uh, there's one thing that uh, d- does frustrate me at the beginning of a season when the AFL season and soccer. I'm saying soccer because footy and footy. Okay, um, when those two seasons kick off simultaneously, you see the registration signs on the corners of intersections. Yes. And I'm wondering which club, like, is it an AFL club or a soccer club that they're actually referring to sometimes because they don't have a logo with a soccer ball and an AFL ball on it. And I'm like, oh, football, mm. footy. Okay, which one are they talking yep. about? Yep. And still it happens. Luke, sorry, I just had to say that as my frustration <laughs> for the day. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'll say our logo does have a, a, a football in it. So yes, it, it does. So it a soccer ball, so yep. it, it's very identifiable. And Absolutely. it always has done, hasn't it? It's, uh, that logo has been very iconic for, for decades now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we changed over from um, Sterling Macedonia to Sterling Lions. I think it's been oh, probably about 25 years now, somewhere thereabouts. Yep. Um so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Don Evans was sort of involved in that early on um, and you know, he, he create, created a new logo as well. So, um, yeah, we're re- really proud of it. It's had, got, had a lot of success over the years. He's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he, young Don? <laughs> Actually, when I was chatting to him earlier in the week, he introduced you as pretty much the president-elect uh, or the president-inevitable. He's talking about when you were a young lad, and I'm not sure if he was coaching you <laughs> or sitting with you, and um, he kind of brought you into the fold and said, you know, this could be all yours one day. That sounds very Don-like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's right. I used to sit there on a, uh, on a Thursday night, eat my pasta after training, and he used to sit down with us and say, you boys, you know, and, and point to myself and the likes of Rob Molesky and, and say, it, it, this is our club, this is, you know, this is where you grew up and uh, one day, you know, the baton will be handed over and it's your club to run. So um, I played at the club up until I was about 30 and then, you know, stepped away and played a little bit of socials and stuff once you uh, have the young family. And then coming back when my kids were old enough to play, I came back and, um, and, and yeah, came back into the fold to help out. So... It's really rewarding being back and, and trying to get the club um, back up to the to the heyday type period when, when Don was involved. 
it's nice to have those kind of people at your club that are the elders or the the statesmen, the people that you respect, that um, have a good feel and a connection to the club. They engage everybody. They say hi. They just it makes it a family club, and that's I, I've always felt that about Don and um, everything that follows around him is about you know, making p- people feel comfortable and bringing them in and into the conversation and into the environment. That's I hope that's how that you feel that Sterling Lions is and maybe the legacy that Don's left for you. Yeah, well, there's plenty of legacies um, within the within the club itself. Uh, you go back to the inception of the club back in 1968. Um, one of the guys that we'll, we'll be honouring uh, during this um, Respect Our Elders event will be um, uh, Dick Fratus, and he was the first president of the club. So he was the first president, and then my father was president at one point in time. My uncle was president. There was... Um, uh, other relatives towards um, the Vic as well that's president and, and Don came through the fold as well so the baton sort of changes and we've got a lot of um, a lot of mentors that we can call from from time to time to sort of help us through um, and, and you know find our way in, uh, in in the football scene and you know for me coming in it's my, my second year involved now and I'm, I'm really enjoying it we've got a really good committee and having someone like Don and and even uh, George Philip, which was his right-hand man during that period, um, you know, there to, to talk to whenever I need something. You know, it's, it's fantastic to have that resource available. You mentioned a, a couple of people there as president, and um, what I get from your conversation is that the presidents come along and they stay for a while, and that's really important, isn't it, in the club, is that that person knows about the club, learns about the club, is part of the club and can affect good change at the club and leave a legacy whoever it is and whatever that legacy is you will assume it will be a good one but that stamps that length of time over it that gives some stability to the programs and structures within the club yeah well that's right we've had a few presidents over the years which have been very long serving i think don to be honest is the longest serving i think it's 14 years in total which is a you know significant feat by anyone um and particularly when it's all volunteer based uh i guess at our club itself, um, you know, we are part of the Macedonian community as well, but in saying that, we are, um, you know, one larger community in the city of Stirling. So um, you look at sort of participation with, you know, Macedonian versus, you know, the, um, the, the wider community, we sit at about 30%. But it's nice to have that culture behind the club itself, and that's sort of the buy-in. Um, we've had even, you know, past coaches and, and, and players that just love coming down to the club and watching our games, even now that we're in state division, because of the environment that we've got down there. We just say, they say that we're, you know, very inviting and they feel at home whenever they're at the club. So that, that, that's really, you know, it's, um, it's quite a compliment to get from those sorts of people. Now, we've had some announcements over the last 18 months about the government putting a fair bit of money into clubs to up uh, upgrade their facilities and uh, Sorrento comes to mind, um, Mum FC in Winthrop comes to mind, um, your club comes to mind, Balcatta comes to mind. What's the plan there? Um, yeah, we got some money last year um, from the from the federal government. Vince Connolly was... Um, very um, uh, very helpful towards us. Um, we've undertaken a significant club uh, room to, um, refurbishments and change room refurbishments. We've made the club, um, the change rooms, uh, women friendly. 
We did an upgrade to our lights as well. Our lights now sit at 450 lux. Um, and so, yeah, we got about 500,000 in, in that one. I think we saw it was 450, but when you had GST, it was about 500. Um, and we spread it, you know, pretty well. We're, we're quite fortunate that, you know, we're able to control that process internally rather than getting, um, you know, councils involved and too many outside contractors to, um, to overlook that, which meant that... Um, consultancy fees were pretty limited and we could spread that money quite well so we got really good bang for the buck and you know, moving forward yeah, there's definitely more upgrades that we want to do to the place you know, the, the, the facility is over 40 years old it does need some maintenance work and such but on top of that we're looking at um, creating a better environment for our MPL juniors as well when we've got a designated pitch for them where they've got new lights on there as well and just looking at creating some new shelters and, and, and seating areas and, and some fencing just to make uh, their pitch feel like it's, you know, um, an elite-type level rather than, you know, a paddock. Not that it is a paddock. It's a really nice ground. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, if you're on a paddock, you're a lynch, you're at um, Burrigoon for yeah. Money FC in the middle of winter when the ducks are out. <laughs> That's a paddock. Uh, but mind you, the yeah. Mini Roos kids just absolutely adore that when it's mega pelting down with rain and we're going okay is the club going to hold the mini roos football on saturday morning or not and uh it gets it goes ahead and then there's water and there's mud and the kids just get out there and they love it i mean afterwards there must be one hell of a cleanup session in cars (laughs) on the way home and the clothes and everything but yeah it goes on and that's life isn't it that's football no, I remember as a kid, uh, one of the coaches said to us, you know, we're too scared to, to play around in the mud because it was hailing and, and, and it, was, it was so muddy. And the coach said, you know what, stop. Everyone just roll around in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we rolled around the mud. He said, now you're dirty, now you can play. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all, we've all seen that coach who'd come to the, to the kid yeah. in those sorts of days and goes, why is there no mud on you? Yeah. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> That's right. You can't be too precious about it. We go from, well, well now we go just about 12 months of the year, but yeah. we're, we're talking about February, March of pre-season typically for a, a, an amateur or a social sport or junior and then going right through to September, October, so you cover all of the seasons, whether it's actually in the middle of a summer season, you, you cop it at the beginning of the year, then you cop the storms and rains and everything else that comes with it in the, in the middle of it, which is, you know, it's typically it's a winter sport here. So, um, yeah, what's your thoughts, Luke, on A-League possibly transitioning, moving into the um, winter sport space? Um, I think it'll be really good, to be honest. Um, I don't think it will clash too much with, with the... Um, the sort of game that, that we've got, the competition we've got, I think it will be quite supportive. I think it will, just like with a waffle, for instance, you know, people watch the waffle on a Saturday and they watch the, the AFL on, on the Sunday or, or mm. vice versa, whenever those games are. I think with upgrades to club facilities, which obviously the state government and federal government sort of helping with, it does allow for our competitions to be a little bit more flexible as well. We traditionally have our games on the on the Saturday afternoons, but you know there's nothing to say we can't have games on a Friday or a Saturday night or even even Sundays. Um, so you know with, with our club itself, we're looking at scheduling a few games on a, on either a Friday or a Saturday night at this point in time. I think we've got two games that we've penciled in for Saturdays at the moment, um, and it won't be late night. It would just be sort of a, a twilight type event, but it, you know twilight and winters, you know five o'clock it's dark so the lights go on um so i I just think from a competition point of view um if we've got facilities available 
we've proven that with the well, with COVID for a starter, we've had to vary things according to you know what what our capabilities and restrictions are. But also in the space before COVID hit, I think Football West and the clubs were doing a great job of varying from the traditional times to outside of that to see what market they could capture. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of it, isn't it, Luke, is that we want to capture as much of the market that we can and introduce our sport out there in more of the public space. I mean, we play it with... Well, supposedly the most participated sport in Australia, but as far as the public space goes, we we haven't really captured that to the maximum. So, I think that the live streaming and the moving to other non-traditional days and times is is something that we need to think about. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, I think if it's sort of a midweek game, something like that, I think um, they'll be quite difficult to draw crowds to. But if it's a Friday night event or a or a Saturday night event or you know Sunday Arvo. Um, I think as long as it's promoted well enough and there's plenty of media streams now that make it easier. Maybe with some of the elders it's a little bit harder because, you know, we get some of the guys come down and, you know, they'll say to us on the other occasion, oh, I didn't know there was a game on today. You know, the, the, the day was changed. I'm used to rocking up on the Saturday. But as long as you educate them early on, um, there's no reason why um, it can't be successful, if not more successful. You know, we had a couple of games last year which were uh, Friday night games and the benefit of that is we had all our juniors training that night which meant, you know, there was a huge crowd there for uh, the game and it wasn't a yeah. first team game, it was an 18s or a resi game and uh, and the, the players, you know, they were astounded by, you know, the supporters staying back and just watching them because they're not used to playing in, such, in front of such a big crowd on a Saturday. Because usually the crowds just rock up for the senior games. You'll have, you know, a handful of parents and those sorts of things, but the big crowd is, you know, three o'clock. So to be out for those kids to have, you know, a half decent crowd in front of them is, you know, fantastic. Um, and I just think we just need to be a little bit more flexible. I think you're right. And moving into the digital space has been enhanced by COVID 100%. Is that if you can't get out and be in contact in your usual spaces, you can do it digitally. So live streaming, I thought, was very important for football in the last 12 months, um, which is why, the, you know, the networks, Netflix, et cetera, have just, the subscriptions have gone through the roof. Um, it's, you know, a safe place to be to participate in the things that you love. Um, but also um, digitally, you can get um, reminders. You can access to places like the new Enhanced Football West website and, and so forth to find out where games are and when they change Easily, mm. if you've got a mobile device. <coughs> yep. So, um, and, and by the way, too, someone's lobbed onto our World Football page, and I did ask the question to our listeners, so thanks very much, everyone who's hopped on there. I asked about what clubs have got uh, money to upgrade their facilities, and uh, Port Kennedy is one of them. Karana Reserve is another one. Uh, Chichester Park's getting a $4 million redevelopment starting next year. Thanks for that, Chris Brady. Um, and, of course, there's a state football centre which is going ahead and yep. when they're actually going to put the shovel in the dirt for that one, but that's going to be a big yep. one for all of us. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, Luke, we, we, sorry, mate, the, the reason we've got you on is for the, uh, the, the event that's coming up uh, tomorrow. Can you give us a bit of information about that uh, and, and, and how the whole evening is going to run? Yeah, so um, obviously we're hosting the night series at the moment. Yep. Um, well, a few of the games at least. We've got our first uh, home game of, of the night series, which is fantastic. Um, we thought, and again, this sort of uh, stemmed from, from Don, um, you know, putting the, the idea to us. 
um, he, he basically rang me up uh, a couple of months ago and said, listen, we need to do something with regards to recognition of elders. Um, he said there's, there's too much going on, you know, out there in society where, you know, people are not being respectful to them. Um, you know, there's there's robberies, there's, there's bashings, um, there's scams, you know, all these sorts of things. Um, these guys have, you know, done a huge amount of work uh, to society over the years and shaped, you know, WA or Australia, you know, to, to be what it is today. And we're so fortunate, you know, to be in WA and, and, um, and, and be in a really safe environment. Um, so he said, you know, what can we do in regards to it? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm happy to, to do an event of some sort. You know, let's work through an idea of it. And, and I, I thought, well, the first game of the night series is probably the best avenue for that. Um, we've got, you know, three guys that come to almost every game. Um, you know, they get dropped off by their sons. Uh, we set up chairs for them. We give them a bottle of water. They, they watch every game every week. Um, and we just thought in, for, for this event, uh, we'll honour those, those three gentlemen. Um, and the event's there, there to, to recognise you know, not only those elders, but you know elders in general. Um, because as a club, I think it's really important that we send a clear message to our playing group and our supporters and our members uh, that you know where we stand with regards to how we treat our elders. And um, you know, it all starts from from the bottom up. So at our end, um, you know, we want to teach the we want to educate our players and, and, and supporters and such that, you know, this is the way we do it and hopefully that flows on to, you know, their families and, and so forth. Um, you got to start somewhere, you know. It's like a it's like a stone um, a stone in a pond, you yep. know, in the ripples that it creates. So so that's us. Um, and will that be between be the... Uh, between the two games? I, the, uh, I see on your Facebook page that uh, you're going to uh, give these, uh, these three gentlemen... Um, significant recognition will that be in between the two games and before sterling lions play their first game yeah so so our first game of the of the day is uh, swan united versus caramel so yep. during that game we'll, we'll have a function within within the club rooms right. uh, particularly for those gentlemen's uh, families yep um and and some other guests as well um and then we'll present those those awards to them uh during that function so that will run from about 5 30 um, to about 6.30, and then from there we'll come out onto the field. Um, I've got the uh, Deputy Mayor for Stirling, uh, Bianca Sandry. Uh, she's going to uh, come down to the pitch with us as well. We'll make um, you know the announcement about the day. Um, we'll honour the elders by actually sectioning off an area within the grandstand specifically for them to sit, should Brilliant. they wish to. Um, and it's, it's free entry for any pensioners for the day as well. Yep. Good one. Will that be live streamed? Do you know if any of the games are live streamed, Luke? Uh, the state league games aren't live streamed. Uh, it's only the NPL ones, unfortunately. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it would be good uh, for that particular one to be live streamed for the um, yeah, archive for that, club. That, that recognition of the, yeah. those gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we've got some members coming. We've got some football west members coming down. So, you know, I could ask to see if they could bring one of their camera guys down. Um, we've got the Attorney General John quickly coming down as well, and and um, the uh, Balcata MLA uh, member David Michael and uh, Wayne Evans, who's the Liberal candidate, also. So there's a few of those parliamentary and councillors coming down to be part of it mm -hmm. um, because it is a significant day, oh, and, exactly. and some of those guys, yeah, some of those guys will present the awards. 
Like if I go back to the, the three gentlemen that we're presenting awards to, we've got uh, Tunis Nicolo, he's 97. Yep. This guy's never missed a game. Um, and he's, you know, he knows all the players. You, you get the old players still rocking up the game and he recognises yes. the cats to him. They're happy to see him. And then you've got uh, Mitzir Filev, who's 95. He's a lifetime member of our community. And uh, he's also been a volunteer uh, of the club since its inception. And then we've also got uh, Vasil Radis, who was our first club president, and he's 92. So, you know, the, the guys are, are kicking along pretty strong. Um, we can't obviously take them down to the pitch because they are quite frail. So sure. we don't want to sort of um, overwork them. But that's why we do the function in the club room and then we'll give them some acknowledgement just before the game starts. Fantastic. Now, um, we will need to let you go, but before I do, I know that Derek Pollock is involved with your club. He's, uh, I think he's the he women's is. coach there. Yep. Women's coach, yeah, doing a great job. Excellent. I uh, just uh, wanted to know what the what's happening in the girls' space, the, the female football space there at Sterling. Yeah, uh, as Derek's doing a great job. You know, we had an idea um, going back a couple of years ago to to get the, the girls' team um, up and running. I think we had one a long time ago when, when Dom was there. But, yep. um, yeah, Derek approached us and said, you know, I'd love to be involved and be part of it. And we've got a, um, a girls' senior team. We possibly might have two this year. Um, we've got a, a girls' junior team as well. So um, that was a really important part of with that grant money that we got, just making the facility friendly um, for uh, those participants. Um, and, and they're really enjoying the atmosphere down there. They, they, they love being there. The, the, the funniest thing was um, last year's trophy presentation. You know, we're not used to having girls, you know, at the presentation, and 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 they were hilarious. You know, they were getting up and dancing, and they were loud, and it just, it just created a completely different environment that everyone enjoyed. So, you know, we're really enjoying having them down at the club, and, and Derek's doing a fantastic job, and, and the team's getting success on the park as well. Great. Luke, thanks so much for joining us. It's a fantastic initiative, so well done to Don for presenting it and the club for running with it. Good job, and I hope uh, right. you have good luck on the park tomorrow night. Yep. Thank you very much. Good on you, Luke. Good on you, Luke. Thanks, thanks Don. Thank okay, you. Talk soon. Bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye. That was Luke Pavlos, the Australian Lions president, and uh, Don Evans continues to stamp his presence <laughs> that, in the community. That man's got a finger in almost every pie in this state. <laughs> but, so those that are, that are interested, it's uh, down at Macedonia Park um, tomorrow. Uh, gates open at 4 o'clock. Um, as Luke said, um, it's free entry to pensioners which is great. Um, he does actually say if you can bring your pensioner card, that'll help at the, yeah. at, to avoid a bottleneck at the gate. Um, adults, five bucks. Students, uh, 15 to 18 are five bucks as well. And children under 12 are free. And the games are Swan United FC versus Karamar Shamrock Rovers. That's going to be at five o'clock. And as Luke said, during that game, uh, from 5.30 onwards in the club room, there will be that function to the, those three wonderful gentlemen. And then the uh, the highlight of the game for this event is uh, Sterling Lions versus Joondalup United FC, and that is due to kick off at 7pm. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Hugh. We're going to go to a break and come back and chat more football, of course, with Simon Hicks. This is Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Back shortly. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? 
The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au I'm Miranda Templeman, goalkeeper for the Junior Matildas. Join me and local women's football expert Penny Tannehoe as we share our news and journey through the football calendar with the best guests from your local community and all across Australia. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. can't hide their passion. Don't hide yours. Join our team. We're back. This team is Hugh and Penn until midday. Yep. Thanks for joining us on the World Football Program. We've got Simon Hicks, the Football West referee coordinator. Simon, how's the pre-season looking for referee kingdom in Perth? Morning, Penny. Morning, um, Morning Simon. Now we're, we're going really, really well from a, from a refereeing perspective at the moment. Um, we've got a number of pretty exciting initiatives that we've, we've pushed out this year. Um, and so, yeah, the numbers, the registrations, uh, we're ahead of where we were this time last year, which is great. Well, that wouldn't be um, hard now, would it, I reckon, because oh, this time well. last year was... And, no, no, I'm just meaning it was COVID last year and everything kind of came well, to a halt, didn't it? It was about... It was, it was sort of a couple of weeks... To go so like this time last year we're actually really really ahead of yep. the previous year um and it was right about now that everything sort of stopped um but to be in a position now where we're ahead of where we were last year when it was going well that was obviously before the shutdown um obviously after the shutdown the registrations um slowed down um but um the position at the moment we're in is really really good that's good are you going to put that down to a whole lot of hard work uh, football west getting out there and promoting programs and the right kind of messages being out there absolutely I, I think um, I think the, the main the main source of that is our new uh, become a referee initiative um, which was introduced this year this is something we were really really excited about over the off season we wanted to shake things up and, and really change the way we looked at our courses and our, try and get more referees involved um, and what we found was Although we were getting hundreds and hundreds of people through referee courses, we're having a fair chunk of them that would just do a course and they're never referee again. Yeah, and and that's obviously a lost resource. They, these people, you know, they might do a course in January and the season doesn't start until April, and, and you know, you sort of miss them. Um, and so what we decided was we would put all of that together—the course, the registration, the uniforms, the equipment—all in one bundle called the Become a Referee Package. And it's trying to remove those those barriers to. Make make refereeing as easy easily accessible um, as possible. So people have all the tools when they get there on that course. They do the course, and by the time they leave at the end of the day, they've got everything they need to go out there and referee the next weekend. Yes, um, that's, that's yeah. practical really, and logical. Really yep. Yeah, and it's that sort of you know strike while the iron's hot mentality um, to get these uh, these new course participants out there and refereeing. 
um, as soon as possible so they don't sort of put it off and put it off and then never end up taking up the whistle. I think it's... Uh, hang on, it's a huge <laughs> I know, I know, we was asked the question, but uh, it's also very important that you have someone really enthusiastic and passionate who wants to drive that and has the resources to be able to drive it too. So I'm like, you could say that these are the things available, but you've got to have someone pushing those messages and connecting the dots and supporting those people as well. Yeah, and we, we've got um, we've got a, a really strong um, referees team at, at Football West. I mean, Frank Frank Moretti, who does the courses, has been in, in involved in refereeing and in football for a long time, and he's one of the most passionate people about refereeing you'll ever meet. Yeah. Um, everywhere he goes, whether it's out at a club, he's always pushing the refereeing message. Um, and also Dave Averson, our referee support officer, he's he does all, looks after all our Sunday appointments, so he's sort of the main point of contact for these new referees when they come in. And he's been doing a great job of following up with these new referees and getting them out there on these pre-season friendlies. So they're not waiting until April for their first game. So, um, yeah, we're re- really happy with how the, this pre-season period is going. Mm. So I, I was uh, looking there uh, as well, Simon, that part of that uh, become a referee package, was that also including uh, or making the, uh, the pre-season referee seminars free of charge? Because uh, previously there, there was some uh, cost involved to attend those, but now it's, it's, it's free for everybody who wishes to attend? Uh, pre- previously, a few years ago, there was I think it was a ten dollar uh, mm-hmm. entry fee for catering and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. the past few years, and food was good. Free, free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember we've had a couple of barbecues when they used to be the whole day seminars. But, That's right. Um, yeah, no, we've, we've moved to a free entry for the seminar to boost uh, boost the numbers. We think it's more important um, to get as many people there as possible. Obviously, with COVID at the moment, we're, we're limited on the attendance. Yes. Um, but I mean, you know, last year in uh, the January seminar, you know, we had you know two hundred and fifty referees there that was just at the first seminar so um we're, we're focusing more on increased numbers um to try to yeah, just try and get as many referees there as possible so uh, ju- just on that 250 referees yeah. that that's a lot how many referees do you register for a season simon uh in a, well i mean last year we were we were down to about 500 the previous year we were at about 600 um obviously covid took a hit across the whole game with registration so we weren't overly disappointed with that i think we, it was a sort of natural um natural course of events that we would lose a few referees um but we're certainly on track for 600 and uh, maybe even 650 this year so um and that's not even including the metro we, we have about 100 referees across our, our regional association um and so yeah all of, we're, we're probably looking at 700 referees across the state and in those numbers simon how many would be female we generally sit um, at about ten percent female registrations. Mm-hmm. Um, now we are um, obviously that's a, a constant um, push for us to try yes. and boost our female numbers. We've had um, a number of female-only referee courses over the past few years, which has done a lot um, to improving that. Yeah, and how how well um, were they attended, Simon? I mean, because I thought that was a, a magnificent initiative, and um, was the uptake um, within your your thought process of what it should be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got now, um, we're just launching our new All Flags Referee Academy. Yep. Um, and there's two there's two female referees um, on in that academy that, that came through these female-only courses. So they do work. They do recruit um, referees that want to keep progressing. Um, those two referees, Libby, Libby Caldwell and Kaylee Omrod, they officiate in our NPL women's competition. So they've come through juniors and gone right the way up to our elite level of women's football. So um, the courses do work. Um, it's a, we find it some more... Um, Accessible environment when you know all the participants oh, are female, exactly. Um, rather than being rather than sitting in a male dominated yeah. course, you can yeah. come a female only course. Um, and we definitely find the numbers there. Um, those people transition into referee, 
Um, so, yeah, we're really pleased with how those courses are going. We'll definitely be continuing that. Good news. Uh, are we close to, to maybe having a, um, a, a female um, official from WA in the W League soon? I know that's putting a bit of pressure on, but with the World Cup coming up in, in two, two years' time, uh, ideally that would be a, a great boost for, for the game in this state. If we can actually go here, I mean, obviously they're not going to be at the World Cup because we've got uh, some, some FIFA uh, badge W League officials already, but um, that would be a, a huge boost to, to how to say, like, we've got the World Cup here, here are some of the, some of the advantages of becoming an official. I mean, we, I've had a few conversations with a variety of different coaches about the churn rate of players. Are we, are we looking to see, particularly in the, in the female side of the game, to some of those players that won't be able to make their, their dreams come true as a player be encouraged to take up the whistle? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, we, we had... Um, uh, last year, we had uh, Jess Bird, who was our uh, NPL Women's Referee of the Year. Yep. Um, she, um, we were hoping she would get on the W League this, this season. And, that's um, that's the, where I was trying to drive that conversation. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she has moved to Calgary this year. Yeah, um, which has um, affected that. Um, but we remain hopeful over the next few years. We've got a lot of good um, female referees coming through, particularly in that refereeing academy, and that's what that academy is driven towards. It's getting referees um, ready for these national panels. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a very, uh, very competitive environment. Um, so it's. it's not going to happen overnight, but we're, we're certainly well on the way, I think, uh, to seeing one of our referees out there on the W League. Now, when I, uh, well, way, way back, way back when, I mean, I was uh, living and working in Kalgoorlie, but coming down uh, when costs allowed to referee at a more senior level down in Perth, are we encouraging her to do that as well? Uh, will there be yeah, any, yeah. any sort of financial assistance for her to, to be able to make that uh, happen? I mean, if she, she's a wonderful referee, and, and, to, and no disrespect to the, uh, the Kalgoorlie and Boulder uh, leagues, but they are a little bit below where she should be. Yeah, look, I mean, I mean Jess um, was obviously officiating at our elite uh, women's competition and also in our men's state league as well. She, was, um, she performed really, really well in both men's and women's competitions because she's a very good referee. Yes. Um, and we're certainly exploring those sort of avenues both with her and with Football Australia to try and um, facilitate that. Um, so it's not, it's not like it won't happen, um, but it's just a thing we've got to, to work through to try and, try and get it over the line. It's a good point that you make there, Hugh. If, I mean, WA's a pretty damn big state. It's, yeah, and, and again, but the, 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 the players up in, players everywhere around this state deserve quality refereeing and, and I would be more than uh, happy for those uh, players in Calgary Boulder to get a, uh, you know, a, a high, ref, high yeah. class female referee to go, hang on a minute, the stuff you've been doing all, uh, for the last couple of years, that's not the way to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, uh, although in, in previous years we, we might have, um, you know, we might have just had the sort of one, you know, one top aspiring female referee. I think now, given we've had um, a lot of these female courses over the past years and um, the academy, yeah. we're starting to see a lot a lot more, sort of like we've reached that critical mass now and we're getting... We've not just got one, you know, we've got three, four of these up-and-coming female referees and that number's just growing and growing, which is really, really exciting. And that, that creates a support network for, for them to bounce ideas and experiences off each other to be able to continually improve. Definitely does. Definitely yeah. does. Um, I have some questions. What about uh, junior pathways and encouraging kids from a young age to become involved? How, how does Football West um, help with that? Or is that a club-based thing? So we um, we communicate with with clubs. We actually run 
um, referee courses at, at particular clubs. Um, just this week, um, Frank's been um, doing a course in Mandurah. Um, he's got one coming up uh, in March at North Beach. We generally do a course, a course at North Beach every year, North Beach Soccer Club. Um, and, and we've recruited a lot of uh, good referees through that initiative. I know we did one at um, Allenbrook United a few years ago as well. Um, so a lot of clubs we can conduct referee courses within their club, particularly in those target areas um, like you know Mandurah or Allenbrook where we might struggle for referees in those particular areas. So um, that's something we are working with. And the other way, um, we're, when we just, just tomorrow actually, we're filming some uh, promotional material. You might remember the, the Give It A Go campaign that we, we ran a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, so we're sort of re- refreshing that um, tomorrow morning. So hopefully you'll see a new new referee recruitment video out, out shortly. Excellent. Um, and that will that will go towards um, you know targeting junior referees particularly and saying refereeing is actually not just an alternative format because you can combine playing and refereeing. So it doesn't have to be playing or refereeing. Lots of our referees do both and that's how we're trying to promote it. Yeah, I think I've got that promo that you're talking about that I've already lined up to play <laughs> after you exit. <laughs> I think that was 2019, actually. Yep. Simon, it's a few years. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, Simon, can you uh, uh, give us a few ideas of some of the new International Football Association Board uh, updates and rule changes, that, or oh, sorry, law changes, that uh, will be affecting players this season? Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, briefly, I mean, obviously, the, we're not going too far. Yeah. We haven't got all day. <laughs> <laughs> Although we, we have got um, we have got a club seminar coming up. We'll be pushing that out next week. Good. Um, in terms of, we'll be covering all the law changes in a, a I guess, club friendly. You know, it's not referee jargon. It, it's aimed at clubs. Um, yeah. To just say this is these are the, the law changes that will affect you as a player, as a club, um, as a coach. Um, and so we've been encouraging people to come along to that. But yeah, basically the main changes. Um, this year around um, handball again, uh, yeah, handball, again. <laughs> uh, was rewritten completely um, last year uh, and now it's been sort of modified a bit because obviously with an entire rewrite you're going to have a few um, anomalies and things come up. Yeah. Um, so we've got a, a different definition of where the arm starts but, you know, in terms of the bottom of the armpit. Um, <laughs> a lot of these changes you'll have seen um, in the Premier League and indeed the A-League um, that have already come into effect. Yeah. Um, and we've also got some changes around uh, penalty kicks and, and goalkeeper encroachment in terms of rather than just going straight to a yellow card for a, a goalkeeper, you'll, you'll warn the goalkeeper um, for coming off the line before you go for a, a yellow card. A bit more sensible, uh, isn't it? Actually, it's yeah, actually but, what you're saying there, uh, you just made the comment that you would already have seen some of these changes in the A-League. Yeah. That's actually really important because it helps us to understand them. So they work through their scenarios, we see them in action, and then we play our winter sport and we understand them a bit better. Yeah, well, I mean, someone will be able to explain this probably a bit better, but the, the law changes come in um, middle of the year, so the, it's aligned with the major European uh, leagues, and of course our season starts March yep. the following year, so those law changes, particularly the A-League as well, uh, adopt those law changes because they, they have to, and we actually, as Simon's saying, we actually get, uh, without actually seeing it or knowing that we're actually seeing them, we actually see these law changes in action in yeah. real game situations. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah that, that's correct. I mean, the IFAB had their AGM um, next month, um, and then those law changes that are decided um, at the AGM will come into effect um, on the 1st of June, or for competitions starting after, after that. June, that's right. We, we start before that, and so those law changes will come into effect for us in the 2022 season. Yep. Yep. 
Um, what about the standing committee for the referees? We used to have uh, Sam Musker on a little while back, I think maybe before COVID last year, and I haven't heard anything about standing committees. In fact, I haven't heard much about any standing <laughs> committees, but um, is, is there a referee standing committee anymore, Simon? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, we actually have two uh, referees committees. We have uh, the referee standing committee um, and the referees technical committee, and they perform slightly different roles. Uh, Sam Sam isn't involved uh, with the referee standing committee anymore. Um, but yeah, we have we have those two committees that, that work sort of side by side for, for refereeing purposes. Okay, are they f- members from within the community, or are they Football West people? Uh, yeah, the referees um, standing committee and the referees technical committee—they're all um, referees at this stage. Um, and you would might have seen we put out uh, nominations for the, the technical committee uh, just recently. We're just in the process of confirming our um, twenty twenty-one referees technical committee, and um, that's a season by season committee. Whereas the standing committee obviously has has a longer term. Mm. Yep. Okay. And um, I wanted to ask about the decoupling of the. A-League and national teams from FA, formerly FFA. Um, how does that trickle down and have any effect at our level with refereeing? Sure. So, um, basically, with the, the leagues now, um, sort of the professional leagues aligning more um, or going to align more with our with our NPL season, um, that creates an opportunity for referees to be seen on a... You know, larger number of games. So it was previously, if we nominated a referee for a national panel, they generally what happens is they'll be uh, flown to another member federation to officiate in their NPL competition, um, and then they'll be watched on that game by a, a Football Australia um, referee assessor. Um, now, previously that would have been one or two games. Now, because the seasons are aligned, that might be three or four games. So basically gives our, our referees that are being nominated or and our assistant referees more opportunity to be seen on these games rather than having one game that determines whether they're good enough yeah. to share a national level. Um, so we're quite excited about that opportunity. I mean, we um, the referee managers from each member federation meet, um, meet fairly regularly. Um, and we had a meeting just, just a few weeks ago and, and um, Matty Cheeseman, the general manager of refereeing at Football Australia, um, was promoting that to us and saying, you know, your referees will have more opportunity to be seen on these games, um, which will hopefully mean um, better opportunities for us to get more people on those national panels. Yep. And think, uh, speaking of national panels, Matthew Cheeseman, who is, uh, I don't know, considered as one of the favourite sons of refereeing in <laughs> football here in Western Australia, I think. Uh, where is he these days and what influence has he got on the game, do you know? Yeah, so he's, um, he's based yeah. in, in Sydney now. Um, he was actually meant to be here um, for our seminar, but unfortunately they went into lockdown. Just, <laughs> um, you know, just oh, they would have, you know, the border closed just just before that, so he wasn't able to attend yeah. our referee seminar. Yeah, his mum was upset. The general manager of referee, um, we have a lot of involvement with him, um, and first, obviously, very close to his, very close to his heart. So, um, yeah, we we definitely definitely benefit from having having Cheesy there at Football Australia to look after us. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, um, and I, I did want to just throw this your way. Um, we all know famous footballers. They make a lot of money. They play football in the <laughs> army, emulate them. But can you tell me, across the globe, uh, a handful of famous referees that we should know? I think uh, the obvious one um, is, is uh, Kalina. He, he's yeah. uh, fairly high profile, highly generally regarded as sort of the best, best referee um, of all time, 
closer closer to home. Um, obviously, we've got a probably one of one of the most famous, if not the most famous, uh, Australian referee of all time, which is Eddie Lunny. Yes, well um, said. <laughs> I thought you were going to go somewhere else there. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, it's obviously Eddie referee of the, the, the World Cup and the Olympic Games. Um, yep. So yeah, Eddie will be definitely up there. Um, but I think you're starting to see now, particularly if you watch the Premier League, referee ex referees um, are starting to become more sort of involved in the media. It's very, very common now to have that um, former referee, um, you know, interview post match, um, which I think is a, is a good thing. Um, it creates better awareness of, of what the decision making process is, uh, rather than just having that ex player's perspective on, a, on an incident. You now have a, a former referee's perspective on an incident, which I think is is good, and I can see that growing. Uh, considerably, um, and referees are sort of becoming those, particularly in the Premier League, um, they're sort of becoming those icons almost. Like you know, Mike Dean has all these you know videos about him, and people find him quite yeah. quite amusing. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was wondering if you had to mention Mike. Do, do you think that's uh, <laughs> down more to the fact that they've they've gone full time professional, and and is that the way that the A League should be going, so that we can get uh, that that sort of consistency across every game? Yeah, look, I mean, we're we're not. Um, we do have some uh, full-time referees yep. in in Australia. Obviously, they're not all that no. way yet, but we're certainly moving in that direction. Um, and I think that can only be a good thing um, to increase uh, the you know the standard of professionalism amongst the referees. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a positive. Um, I think it's also just the you know the media sort of attention on 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 football matches, particularly the Premier League, is growing so much that people want to hear from these referees. And who knows how far away we are from referees being interviewed after games? I don't know. Um, but that's certainly something people sort of want. They want that sort of accountability from referees, and that might be something that we see in the future. Who knows? So if a referee here in Australia referees an A-League or a W-League game, they're not full-time, does that mean that they're not paid enough to be full-time and be engaged by their local football associations, for example, and be you know uh, involved in other refereeing activities to fill in that other part of the time, or there's just not enough of them to do and they have another job? How does that work? Well, I mean, a, a lot of the, the A-League, um, I mean, a lot of the A-League referees and, and W referees have very, very successful careers in their own right, yep. and maybe they don't want to be full-time referees particularly. Um, that's potentially something. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of them are... Um, you know, lawyers, engineers, or have their own businesses, whatever. Um, and you see that um, in Europe as well. A lot of these um, referees in the Champions League. I don't know if you watched um, UEFA's recent documentary, Man in the Middle, um, which sort of looks at Champions League referees uh, under UEFA. Um, but a lot of these these referees have have things outside of refereeing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, certainly um, our full time referees here. Um, I think that's a growing a growing program uh, from Football Australia. So I wouldn't be surprised to see. Was moving more towards what we see in other parts of the world, which is completely full-time referees in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure those of uh, a vintage such as myself would remember Dave Dellery, who who went to you know to the highest uh, that he could, but he was uh, he was a full-time headmaster, so um, you know that's he, right. He, that's he he wasn't going to give up that career, and he, he made it quite clear, like I'll, I'll you know give as much time and effort and professionalism as I can to to refereeing, but. If I give up this job, there's no way I'm getting that level again. That's right, and, and unfortunately, um, David, that prevented him from from oh, to the yeah, World did. Cup. Oh, yeah, did, yeah, did, yeah, poor bugger. Free the World Cup. Um, David obviously now works as the technical director of the IFAB, and we have 
communication about law changes and things like that. So, um, yeah, he's obviously now he works full-time yes. in refereeing. <laughs> Which uh, is... But certainly interrupted his refereeing career. Yeah, yeah, and I, it's a, that's why I sort of brought him up. You think to yourself, like, as good as a referee you were, you chose career over you know, the, the ability to, to, to go to a World Cup. I mean, he was good enough possibly to have uh, to officiated at, well, semi-finals or final at, at least. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And and I guess it's a, it was a different different time. Different era, yep. just, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Simon, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Uh, you are welcome to come back and have a chat to us and uh, share more referee news with us <laughs> through the season. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Benny. Thanks. Good on you, Simon. Enjoy Thanks, your mate. weekend. See ya. See ya. That was Simon Hicks, the referee coordinator for Football West. Always happy to come on and have a chat. Uh, yep. Thanks for the background info, everyone there, in terms of fueling us with comments and information. Yes. We uh, are. <laughs> and that's, uh, again, like, like someone was saying, that the funny thing is that, that we subliminally see these law changes in front of our eyes but don't actually realise them until the season starts here locally and go, well, when did that come in? It's like you've been watching it on the Premier League since August. What do you mean when did that come in? It came in last year. And they go, but why is it coming in now? That's it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, and, and that's okay. That's a good thing. Well, it is. Yeah. But, again, like most things in, in our wonderful game, it's geared to a different hemisphere uh, and their season starts at a different time. Yeah, but it's inevitable that it, it comes along. And I just think it's a smoother introduction without maybe the referees having to stop people up short in a game or have to explain things. And oh, the amount, yeah. of, the amount of times. Well, can you explain that to me, Ref? Um, when you buy me a beer at the end of the game, <laughs> I'll explain it to you. I'll, get, I'll even get the book out, but not now. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to a break. This is Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Back shortly talking to school sports, Scott Halpin. Hi, my name's Eddie, and I'm the referees manager at Football West. We're looking for new referees, so if you've got what it takes, come on, give it a go. I became a referee to support the game. Come on, give it a go. I became a referee because I enjoy both watching and playing the beautiful game. I became a referee to help build my confidence and to experience the game from a different perspective. I became a referee because I love the beautiful game and I want to make a bit of money. I became a referee to increase my involvement within the game. I became a referee to develop my teamwork and communication skills. I became a referee to go towards my skill for the Duke of Edinburgh. I became a referee to keep my fitness up and to maintain my involvement with youth football after coaching. I became a referee to make some money and have a good time. I became a referee because I wanted to learn how the calls were made. Come on, give it a go. Come on, you should give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Come on, give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Come on, give it a go. Come on, give it a go.
West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Coaching football. Is it about leading your nation? giving back to your community? Is it about inspiring the next generation? Or just spending time together? Find out what coaching football means to you. Visit myfootballclub.com.au There was a bit of a voice from the past. I'd love, oh, yeah. I'd love to get him on for a chat. I reckon he might give me a hard time. <laughs> But I reckon he'd have some interesting stories to tell and, and some yeah, good things to share. Yeah, I wonder if he's uh, fluent in Japanese yet. Because if he is, I could get my uh, my son on. We could ask him some serious questions in Japanese. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I mean, if you think of... Uh, and, Scott, you can jump into this conversation. But I think with, <laughs> Morning, the, Scott. <laughs> with the international flavour in football now, that you can travel anywhere, you can you know, play football anywhere, I think that you could be a coach and speak a particular language and go to another country and that your coaching style could be interpreted or translated by other staff that would mm. help you implement what you needed to do. Do you reckon that's right, Scott? Yeah, I do. No, I agree 100%. That's a, a fantastic um, comment. So, yeah, no, Ange Postokoglu, I heard you talking about him. What a what a wonderful person. He'd be able to get on the program. Yep. Do you know him? Do you have his number? Can you pass him <laughs> out of the show? <laughs> I think I played him once, and I remember a shadow going past me. He was a fabulous player as well, so... Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I did say to Penn, I thought it was the other one, but that was because I was following Adelaide City at the time, so he always used to tear us <laughs> apart. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, and just got a pretty successful uh, coaching career outside of Australia now. It would be great to have him inside of Australia, but um, I know he's he's happy and, and progressive and doing what he, he loves to do. He never sits still in one place if he can see a, a space he needs to move into, a bit like um, Tony Popovich, actually. He's, yeah. I always consider him a very progressive coach I, I like his style I like the way that he operates and you know he, he leaves behind um, a bit of disappointment when he goes but he goes at the right time that he feels it, it, for him to progress his career I like that mm. Mm, go to Europe and, and and get a decent gig too so good on him yeah yeah well you can do that if you're a female footballer these days too you can go to England and get a decent gig you can become mm. a full-time professional and yeah, just to have a career. I wonder how long, it would, how many years it would take of playing full-time professional football to actually put enough money in your bank account so you'd never have to work again. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's a waste of plans. Yeah. <laughs> Lionel Messi, make that one week. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no. Depends on your expenses, your living yeah. expenses. Oh, I, I got this story about Ronaldo this week, and I admire Ronaldo and his professionalism. Uh, and they were talking about how many staff he's got around him to help him keep in shape and keep him um, in the best of conditions to play at the highest level for as long as possible. And and for him, it's I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but he seems to be the person who he wouldn't be smoking, he wouldn't be staying out late, he wouldn't be doing the things that would harm his reputation and his body and his football career because he wants to, he loves football and he wants to be playing as long as possible. And he has been playing a damn long time. And look at how many um, World Cup, uh, not World Cup, um, Player of the Year trophies that he's got. The Ballon d'Or. Yeah, the Ballon d'Or. Um, and I look at Messi and I, th- I think of Ronaldo and I, I, don't, I don't know. Do you reckon they've got the same philosophy about life, Scott? I, 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 d- I possibly do, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're both really, really fit. I think one perhaps worked extremely, extremely hard to get where he's at and, and still does. A bit like LeBron James. I, mean, I hear he's the same. He has all this, this staff around him to, to maintain what he does and good on him. I mean, what commitment to do that and... I read a funny article where Ronaldo's son had a can of Coke and apparently Ronaldo walked in and laughed and shook his head and said, you can't do that if you want to be a footballer. So there you go. Yep, that's right. (laughs) So, Scott, where can we we start our journey to to end up to be the next, uh, well, Harry Kuehl? Let's put an Australian one in there or or, or a Tim Cale. do, do, Do you claim that person has having to go through the school system so they started off somewhere in a school team so you lay claim to their yep. career that way yeah it's 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 unreal isn't it i i look at um well i, I always look to my brother troy who yep. was outstanding player and and really talented and i sort of wonder where it missed me and and my <laughs> other brothers but um yeah you look at that sort of example and we all did schoolboys. we're from newcastle over near sydney and everybody grows up wanting to do schoolboy schoolgirls. that's that's a thing um, it, it, it is a bit different here, but WA is a bit more isolated and NTC and, and those state teams do an incredible job. I mean, look at how many players have gone on to play with the glory now and I'm sure we'll mention those names in the next couple of minutes. But yeah, I think schools is a part of the experience and I, I personally think um, we ran into each other for the first time in, in Bunbury, Penny, and that experience is something that kids in Newcastle and Sydney and Wollongong, they do all the time. Yeah. They have that many experiences over a course of a year. Kids from Queensland, kids from Victoria. We're a bit limited in WA, but Bunbury, I mean, the Armadale Cup, Australin Tournament, mm. the schoolgirls, NTC, the State Challenge, they're just experiences that give those kids something that when they're at that right age, they can fall back on those experiences. Because if you haven't been in that moment, how you meant to behave or how you meant to finish or how you meant to, to cross the ball or how you meant to save if you don't have that experience and you're experiencing it for the first time because you don't have a background in football. So, yeah, schools is a great place to start, I think. So I also think that um, you missed out the enjoyment part there <laughs> is that all of those platforms that you said were carnivals and events outside of a structured, rigid yep. development elite football program. They're with your mates, with people your own age, in an environment of learning and enjoyment, and that's really important to retain young people. Oh, of course, because you, you, you see the dropout rate with, the, with you know, better players and, and even 
players that aren't at the elite level. And if you don't have that jo- enjoyment, if you don't have that passion and drive, you, you're probably not going to play beyond a certain age because, you know, everybody's training three, four, five times a week, school sessions, um, outside football. And that that's great and that's that's wonderful, but there is a big picture and the big picture is, you know, going to enjoy it. And the one thing I find with the schools tournament, all right, it's a state team and it's elite, but those girls and boys generally come away still talking about the school's experience years and years later. And yeah. that's that, that's a good thing. And that leads me into how is the relationship between Football West and school sports these days? There used to be lots of grumblings and <laughs> overlap and um, player mm. possession and all kinds of mm. things, but how is the relationship these days? No, it's really good. Um, our Most of the girls' side is made up of NCC girls. Not all, but that's a choice. Um, and that's the same as over east. Um, when we played New South Wales, talking to their players, fair few girls from Newcastle were involved in their Jets program, their similar NCC program. There were Sydney FC girls, same. They were involved in their New South Wales Institute program. So the relationship, I personally think, is actually good. Um, there is no grumbling, certainly from, from my behalf. I, we get all the players come along. Um, we don't hear anything negative from from them. It's all positive and vice versa. We, we're sort of the first part of that puzzle because kids are 10 and 11 coming to school sport and, you know, when they're neutral and, and they don't know where to go next, the obvious place for me is to say, look, if, you, if you're unsure and you don't know where to go, what you'll get at NCC is high-class coaching. You, you'll be taught football. It'll, it'll be fabulous for your development. I mean, we don't try and encourage people to leave club football if that's where they want to stay, but the relationship between NTC and schools is, is from, from my opinion, is actually very strong. So what I'm hearing you say there is, because I, I remember having this conversation numerous times with Wayne Baisden, who yep. is the matriarch of school sports, um, correct me if I'm mm. wrong, um, but yes. probably 10 or 15 years, maybe even 20 years, we've had this discussion of the possession of players in football West yep. programs, school sport programs. We don't want them to overlap because they're going to be prevented from um, attending training at some point and we don't want them injured mm. and so, so forth. But now you're saying in the conversation it's about uh, not that we won't get them in a state team, uh, or a school sports state team, it's about pushing them, or not pushing them, but encouraging them through the NTC programs and then we can use them across both of those competitions, school sports and NTC challenges. Uh, isn't there, uh, in my head I'm thinking, there's an NTC challenge. Would you want those players in the NTC challenge for Football West FA competitions, programs, and then there's the stream of school sport and those same NTC players are going to be playing in the school team as well well yeah purely from primary school which is under 12 and down i i, I can't speak to the other i've never really been involved in the in the older ages but under 12 girls um it's a wonderful opportunity because the players that come to us are 11 and 12 yep. at the moment i think looking at the registrations i've got three ntc girls or four that are coming to the trials um in a squad of 15 maybe 20 from the ntc that's that's actually quite small, um, yeah. which is which is a good thing. Um, we're probably touching on the younger NCC girls, so that experience would be huge, I think, in that their development's going to be, they're going to come and have a taste of, 
national championships, which is very similar to the state under 14, um, and probably going to more than likely love it, and it's going to inspire them even more. So we don't really have a big clash where all the NCC girls are coming because most of them are actually too old. They're in that 13 age bracket, so they don't, they're not eligible for the state school girls. So we get the younger girls, and we get the girls on the fringes, and from what I understand, they're encouraged to come, which is great for their development and their experience. And we don't train on the same days. We we do a Saturday afternoon training session, which is extremely light and it's more tactical. Um, we might do a few practice games, so we're not really interfering with their program. We make sure that's on a Saturday, not a Sunday when game day. And we do everything we can to bend over backwards, like we should, yep. to try and accommodate good players to have that experience. So, yeah. From my understanding, everything's fine. Good. Uh, that sounds easy and positive. So uh, what exactly is your role in the school sports space? Okay. Um, I coach the under-12 girls. Um, many moons ago, I heard about WA doing it. I, I knew all about it growing up in New South Wales because, like I said, you go to school, you get to about year four, year five, and that's what everyone talks about. The first state chance you get to go and play against some quality players I mean, if you went back in history, and you can on the Australian school sport website, you see some of the names that played in the primary school championships. It's it's the who's who of international football now. Yeah. And everyone is anyone's had a little taste. And then obviously they go on to their NTCs and they go on to their state teams and they go on to their Perth Glories and all that sort of thing. Um, but my role generally is to is to promote school sport with, with primary school football and give the first opportunity for kids to come and have a go at, at that level of football, which which is unreal. And, and it's not even about making the team. The experience that you get from just coming and trialling and, and being a part of the trial process and that sort of thing is, is wonderful. I've had kids that I haven't picked have turned up the second year and been unbelievable, outstanding, and they've gone on to become wonderful players just from not making it one year. Um, to coming back and being better players the next year. Growth, it's amazing, yep. isn't it? It must give you a, a, a good feeling when you see that. You think, oh, you know, I, one of the hardest things for anybody to do is to say no to people, but uh, yep. to then to see them develop change. and challenge themselves and then come back again and give it another go and go, holy, look but, at you, look you know what, what you've done. You s- sometimes it's just a matter of growth. Like kids, yeah. like I, yep. my daughter's 14 and in primary school she was a small stick <laughs> and in high school she's grown into a woman and a balance and the coordination has changed. I'm like far out and that changed the way she could play football. Like she's played since she was five yep. but it's just changed the way that she's been able to play football and, and how she can do it and how she feels about it which is fantastic and I look at some of the kids I've coached in that space over time and how they've changed and they're pushing through into the uh, WNPL 23 squad now oh, wow. after yep. coaching them when they were like 10 years old. Yep. It's incredible. It's lovely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that's, I had a young girl two years ago and I, I, I'm sure she doesn't mind being named on the radio, <laughs> Daisy. And um, she, two years ago, I sort of had that conversation that, you know, she was rather small and I said, look, the other girls are a little bit bigger, they're a bit more physical, your touch is fantastic, you've got to increase your speed, um, you've got to, you know, work on your first touch. She came back 12 months later and head and shoulders, she was one of the top two, three girls that trialled and that in itself was, was that was a success. She got in the team and she performed very well in Canberra two years ago, but 
the success from what I had the conversation with her and where she came back to and the player she is today was was wonderful. And, and I'm sure every coach that coaches her in the future will value what, what she's got now. And she, she just did determination and, and work ethic and that, that ability to listen and take it and then go away and work on it. Unbelievable. So what's happening in the school sports space now that we want to promote, Scott? Okay, we've got trials coming up on the 20th of March, um, both boys and girls. That information's on the School Sport WA website. Yep. Um, there's six trials in all, so it'll probably be too lengthy for me to <laughs> to um, read those out. But it's on the School Sport um, WA website. But the first one's on the 20th of March, which is a month away. Um we hold north and, and south of the river because we do get a fair few Bunbury, Australinda, Albany girls. So we try and accommodate um, something south of the river. And then we've had Geraldton girls come before and a few from Kalgoorlie. So we try and accommodate north of the river. But if you get on there, you can have a look at the information. You can attend either north or south or you can attend all of them if you want. Um, I guess the more we see the more we can make a valued opinion of, of, of players. Um, but if players come to one, two, three or four, we make an, a, a, a valued opinion of, of the level of ability and we and we provide feedback for people who want that. So, yeah, the trials are coming up and we encourage you to get out and register. You need to be 11 or 12, turning uh, 11 or 12 this year to be eligible. And, um, yeah, that the rest is on the website. Um, I do like how Wayne Bazerton encourages senior players and mentors uh, from yep. the football system to be involved with the selection and trials and uh, practice games. Is that something that you do on your part of the program? Oh well, look, I had I had Letitia McKenna, Tian McKenna, Hannah Lowry, Miranda Templeman, Isabella Wallhead all lined up last year and <laughs> standing out the front in their Australian tracksuits and. And then uh, Miranda came the following week in a perf. You know, it was just the girls were just, and the little girl sitting there um, had the McKenna shirt, Perth Glory on. So that sort of says where they've gone. So we've all got kids turning up with with McKenna on the back of their shirt, and they're looking up, and there's Tiana <laughs> and Leticia standing there. It just made me feel warm. You know, it's it's brilliant. So yeah, we try and get them along. Um, this year we've got players from the Canberra trip that won the bronze medal, they're coming along to um, assist. So we try and get at least one or two players to every session. And it's just it's just aura. It's you know, they they're they're looking up at these these girls that have gone on with it. And when once they start to get the reputation like, you know, Tian and Letitia have the sisters and I heard a mention on the on the T V the other day, it's awesome and kids kids know this and, and they're their heroes now. It's no longer Castro that, that these girls look up to, it's McKenna, yep. it's Wallhead, it's Lowry, it's Templeman, you know, they and even Baker the other day, you know, Tanisha was in the schoolgirls in twenty fifteen and that's someone's hero now and that's that's brilliant. That's awesome. It is interesting how We've got a run of games coming up uh, very soon for the W yeah. League and we've had a big space because of COVID. But on the other side of that has been in the digital space has been, well, we're talking about the W League, it's changing, the game's coming up, it's not on. Um, someone's been recruited into the team, this person's injured, um, the A-League's coming up. So th- this information is actually appearing in the media and it's not yep. translating to you can go and watch a game here or you can go and see that person, but it's in the media so you can see it. 
So that's yeah, the communication that's coming out of COVID is better, I think, in the digital space. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, you jump on Facebook or, or, or Instagram and you can see this communication between people. And, you know, I, I knew all about Letitia moving to Brisbane and, and why and all the other things. And, and you know, the girl of Aquino was going with her. And, you know, I, I don't know her, but I knew all about what she was doing and where she was going. And I heard all about that save the other day. And, you know, that's fantastic. And, I mean, what... What exposure they have now if you if you have a magic moment that will be shown not just here it'll be shown around the world and that was with riley mcgreen the scorpion kick yeah. you know with newcastle and you, you don't have to know these people you don't even have to watch football but somehow that'll eke its way into your you know your news or your media or you you know your information and that's that's wonderful and i'm seeing that with with little tian and and you know, the th- well, I shouldn't say a little anymore. She's <laughs> probably bigger than me. Yeah. But um, you know, you just you hear this stuff. I, I heard all about, you know, Tanisha signing and all that sort of thing. So it's fantastic, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, any football that we can talk about is uh, going to help us feel two, <laughs> two hours of football every Saturday, right? <laughs> <you? laughs> yes. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. I do appreciate your time. Uh, please do come back and. Talk to us through the year if you've got uh, messages that you want, want to put out there about the school uh, football sports space. That's great. Yep, anytime. Thanks, Penny. Good on you. Have a safe weekend. Yeah, you too. See you guys. Ta-da. Bye. Scott Halpin, school sports coach in the under 12 girls space. Yep, and so you, you can also, if you want to register, it's 16 and under as well, but that's the, um, the secondary school sports, but Scott's involved in the primary school sports which is why yep. he was concentrating more on the 12 and under age yep. group which but i mean what a feel good story i mean how would you I, I can't even begin to think how he must feel to to give some positive feedback to a player who didn't make the team and yep. then to see that player come back 12 months later and go wow lo- yeah. look what you've done i hope that things can progress a bit further this year and we've seen the a lot of competitions and events uh stop stutter be intermittent and the football space is you know what we're all you know have dear to our hearts and like the inter-school sports competitions Mm -hmm. we're all put on hold yeah yeah and i know that wayne basden and the team at school sports are trying to get the selections process for representation and go to an interstate competition somewhere over east so i hope that happens i mean no one's saying that it's absolutely going to happen but they're just moving towards setting everything in place as if it's going to happen. Yeah, if you put a plan in place, uh, it, it's easier to enact it rather than uh, not putting that plan there and go, oh, what do we yeah. do now? And then the backup uh, will probably be that they'll get some other competition to yeah. play. I'm sure they'll uh, back up. And I was just looking for my fixtures <laughs> for the WN. There they are. There they are. <laughs> I know I've got them somewhere. Um, so next weekend... On Friday night, the women's NPL starts. Yes, it does. So uh, there's going to be three rounds, and I think we talked about it last time we were on the show that uh, because of the men's fixes starting and COVID, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, they yeah. won't be lining up the finals, No, which is a bit of a shame. Hopefully during the season, they will actually line up some um, games whenever they'll be with men's and women's NPL space. That would be really good. I like the overlap yeah, that they've started yeah. to do there. That was successful last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really do hope they do the live streaming again too. I mean, there's been some talk around not being enough budget 
to do some things again this year. And I know COVID has hit places hard, but Football West, I hope that the live yep. streaming is going to continue. For well, the as, as we uh, spoke with Luke earlier, I mean, an event of, of that nature, uh, yep. he's unsure whether there's going to be live streaming for that, which would be a shame if it doesn't get there, but, I mean, he's working on it. Yep, and that's the kind of thing that you really do want to share. Like when Balga set up their fee-free play yeah. for juniors a few years back, it's the kind of thing that you want to share with the community. Oh, exactly, yeah. Um, on the Facebook page... A few more comments about the facilities. Um, and from Gosnells has said that they've been given a provisional offer from Labor and the Council for Upgrades if Labor get in. If Labor get in. Mm. Uh, I thought we weren't going to be political today. No, uh, just talking about... It is an about election cycle and these sorts of things um, uh, are always there. So not just Gosnells, but, um, you know, that's how Sterling would have got theirs as well. And, and yeah. It's an election campaign and part of the campaign promise is to go, hi, vote for me and get... Fingers crossed for Gosnells there. Over to the women's NPL. First games are on Friday night. That'll be the round one and uh, Mum FC are playing Curtin. It just happened to be the first game that I I said, all right. So Mum (laughs) FC, Curtin, Fremantle and Subiaco. Then uh, the Group B games are Northern Redbacks and Balcatta, Perth and Hyundai NTC on the Sunday. So the Redbacks, Balcata, Perth, Hyundai are the Sunday games. So Dorian Gardens is the Sunday fixtures and the Friday night fixtures are at Murdoch Synthetic. And they are on footballwest.com.au. Yep. But they're also on womensoccer.com.au Facebook page and the World Football Program Facebook page. I'll post them again through the week. Um, give us some comments if you have them about the Football West page. So if, you've, if you're an avid Facebooker or internet person that likes to surf, how is the Football West new website to you? Land on the World Football Program and um, make some comments about it. I think it's a bit better. It's um, maybe in progress. I, I'm not quite sure. Some of the navigational things aren't quite 100% yet, but it's certainly reading a lot better than it did before. And then the second round of fixtures for the women's NPL is going to be Sunday 7th of March at Edinburgh Oval. That's Curtin. And... On Friday, the 5th of March, Dorian Gardens. And then the third round, Friday the 12th of March at Murdoch Uni. <laughs> so the, I'm just so going back to round one. Murdoch are playing, and I say Melville sometimes, and I mean Murdoch, Mum FC, okay. Um, that's, why I ju- that's why I just call it Mum. Because yeah, I know, gosh. <laughs> if uh, I get it wrong, I'm going to get kicked. You, you can get it wrong and uh, have a smile. M- Melville is okay. <laughs> um, so Murdoch, Melville and Murdoch are playing at the Murdoch Uni Synthetic. So it'll be interesting to see what feedback the players give if they haven't played on that um, ground yet. Um, and the crowds yeah. that will be going there would be the first time there'll be a, a night series game at a... Um, synthetic pitch, but although there have been games at the synthetic pitch through the season. Yes, so. yep. And I've got the uh, the NPL fixtures for this weekend. Yep. So uh, it's round four, uh, Dorian Gardens. So the Sunday the, tomorrow, obviously, uh, we've got the the first game at five o'clock, which is Gwellup versus Glory, and then the second game there is Armadale versus Perth. And then if we move over to uh, E&D Littis Stadium, we've got Bayswater versus Sorrento. That is the five o'clock kickoff. And then Floriot versus Balcatta, which is always a cracker of a game. Yep. And then we, uh, we move ourselves over to the Perth Plasterboard Centre Stadium in Inglewood. For those that are going, where that? It's Inglewood. Where at five o'clock we've got Rockingham versus Coburn. And then the, uh, the seven o'clock game is ECU versus Inglewood. Uh, and if we move on to the 
State League uh, night series. Uh, we have Group A. Uh, f- well, the Friday night games have gone. I've got to get results of those, don't I? I'm not looking you at do. those. Uh, the Sunday games. There we go. Um, the Sunday games is Subiaco versus Gosnells. And that's at Crazy Domain Stadium, which is where Pen. That's Hartfield Park. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that's the five o'clock kickoff, and then Forestfield because that's why I wanted to give it away first. Because Forestfield will then play Kelmscott, uh, a local derby there. That's the seven o'clock game. Group E, which is at Macedonia Park, uh, which we discussed earlier on. Um, Olympic uh, will play Kingsley, and Swan will play Shamrock, and then Group F we've got uh, Edinburgh. Western Knights will play Canning and at Macedonia Park, obviously, as we spoke about Group F, which is Sterling Lions, Joondalup City, which is the Respect Your Elders game. So get yourself down to that one. I've got some of the uh, results from the Friday evening. From night last versus, night, yep. Yeah, um, so Wanneroo defeated Quinn 6-1. Good. Wow. Uh, Murdoch smashed Ashfield 5-0. Sorry, Sean. Yeah, yes, yes. You could, we mentioned that one again before the game, uh, the day's out. Olympic and... <laughs> Kingsley was uh, 2-0 to Olympic and Fremantle defeated Curtin 5-1. Junilup United and Balga were 2-2. Mandurah City and Morley Windmills was a 4-1 to Mandurah and UWA Netherlands defeated Dianella White Eagle 3-2. That's all the results that I have at this moment. Which is a bit of a turn-up because Dianella are the... Uh, no, not Dianella. Uh, Dianella uh, with um, Bobby there. So he's still uh, clicking a few pieces of that jigsaw together. Indeed. Thanks, you. We're going to go to a break and come back and have a chat to Lily, the Perth Glory goalkeeper. This is Pan and Hugh on the World Football Programme. Thank you for listening in. Join us in a moment. Hi, I'm Penny Tannerhoe. It's season 34 for the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. We are the longest-running football show in Australia, morphed from a sports programme way back in 1987. The hosts and voices may have changed, but the content filled with passion, news, characters and history has not. The World Football Team are all volunteers and we appreciate you listening in. 2021 brings a new look with a new logo, website and podcast. Thanks for sharing the journey with us on Radio Fremantle. If you like us, become a member of the station. Find a membership form on our new website, The World Football Programme. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. I'm Miranda Templeman, goalkeeper for the Junior Matildas. Join me and local women's football expert Penny Tannerhoe as we share our news and journey through the football calendar with the best guests from your local community and all across Australia. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. 
I have to laugh when I listen to that promo by, <laughs> by Miranda, right? She put that together herself. Yeah. I, 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 sorry, Lily, I just have to comment, right, because <laughs> every year when we go to air in about February, I say to my team, mm-hmm. of which there's about four or five of them, here, have a crack at recording your name and finding some music. <sighs> and you over there is sighing because... He's having a crack at it for the first time and he's a little bit nervous. <laughs> but everyone else shies about it. But Miranda would just jump right in there and goes, I can do this and found her own backing music. Oh, yeah, she was great. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna pip her. She she can have a career in media as far as yes. I'm concerned. If she doesn't work out with the glory or anyone else, she can work in the studio with me for the next thirty years. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, see not not everybody can, you know talk out in the public space it's quite scary for some people but uh, Miranda seems yeah. to have it as a pretty easy thing in her portfolio these days yeah very talented her yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah she is I, I hope we can keep her over here in West Australia for a while but I feel that she might be moving on towards other things in her very young footballing career yes yes I think she's a very bright future yep uh, loving your accent, so um, just for our listeners out there, we've got Lily Alfeld. How do you say your surname, Lily? Alfeld, yep. Alfeld, okay. Alfeld. Yeah, one of mm-hmm. a handful of um, New Zealand internationals we've got in the team here and across the league too. Mm. Um, I have to ask, with Tom Samani as the New Zealand Football Ferns coach, do, is he like a fan groupie? Does he follow you <laughs> with, the, with the games wherever you're playing so he can keep an eye on you? He does. We've actually we've seen him twice. He's... Um, he was at our game um, against um, Western Sydney and he popped down to Canberra and watched our game there. Yeah, he's been fantastic while we've been over here. He's been touching base and, and making sure we're, we're all okay over here, away from home. But yeah, it's been great having him. You are a long way from home. You're probably <laughs> one of the you know, handful of players that is the furthest from yeah. home. And it makes me think of the Phoenix and the Glory trips in the A-League when the Phoenix have to come yes. all the way over to the other side of Australia, not yep. just to another country, but all the other way to the other side of the country. And here you are, um, away from home, playing for the Perth Glory. What attracted you to come and play all the way he- here in Perth? Oh, well, we, we um, initially were actually banking on the um, Wellington Phoenix getting a women's team in this year. So, yeah, I, well, once that didn't go ahead, we thought, OK, well, <laughs> we might have to look at um, see if we're going to a gig within Australia, and then, um, as it turned out, Alex Alex was appointed coach and um, gave us all a call and said, would you be interested? And, yeah, it was, was, yeah the, <laughs> within a couple of days we were over here. There was no questions about it. We were yeah, very happy to, to take up the opportunity. And we're very yeah, happy we, to have you in the squad too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd even like to see you in that squad playing football here in Perth at yeah. some point too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, we, we haven't seen her home much at all. No, but um, for the fans and the listeners, you do have a handful of uh-huh. games that are upcoming, and I'm going to tell everybody about that. Of course, you're over in Brisbane at the moment, about to play Brisbane Raw, mm-hmm. who are sitting second on the table. So that's going to be a big game. But we'll talk about that in a moment. The fixtures that are upcoming, uh, the Sunday game against Brisbane Raw, that's tomorrow. Monday the 8th of March versus Newcastle Jets in Perth. Yay. Thursday the 11th of March versus Canberra in Perth. Yay. Sunday the 14th of March versus Melbourne Victory. And Sunday, uh, sorry, oh, hang on, that might be the Friday the 19th of March against um, 
always say Manchester City, but I mean Melbourne City. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a difference? <laughs> well, no, not, a, not a lot, actually. Um, so there's a handful of games coming up through March, which is great for the fans here. All the games, I mm. think they're all at Dorian Gardens. As far as I'm aware, yep. Yep, so that's fantastic. Yep. Well, so with that schedule, Lily, how, how do you feel about that? How, how, how would the, uh, the squad cope with that? Because that's a fair amount of games in, uh, in a short amount of time. It sure is. Yeah, it is. It is considering we yeah, had about three games in the space of a couple of months, yeah. and then all of a sudden now we're doing around yeah eight or nine games within that that next month. So I mean, it's definitely going to be challenging. Um, I think there's one one week where we have the three games just within the one week. Yeah. Today. Um, so I mean, it, it will be it will be a challenge just just to, I guess just get used to used to playing um, games within such a short period of time. But um, that said, I, I guess we're all just, we're just stoked to be back playing and <laughs> to be allowed, allowed out of Perth. And, um, and yeah, happy now everyone can come back in, into Perth. So, I mean, while, while it will be a challenge, we just all appreciate, I think, so much the fact that we, we are getting a chance to play. Mm. There has been a lot of space in between your games, and I guess that means a heck of a lot of training. And you have to be committed to mm. keeping your, your mind and your body focused in all of those spaces. What do you do as a player in those spaces? Yeah, it is, it is, it's been quite tough just in that we had a lot of games scheduled, so we would be preparing in the sense that we're preparing for a game, so the trainings may be lighter, and then all of a sudden that our schedule's changed, and we're not going away that weekend. So that's definitely been a bit of a challenge, just um, making sure the trainings are at a an intensity that will, you know, keep us taking over if we don't have games. But we have a, um, a great staff that has um, managed really well with, with all these all these changes and, and kept our fitness up, especially during um, the likes of lockdown um, when we were all stuck at home. So we had a, a program to keep us ticking over. Um, and, you know, personally, I think we just all had to get used to the idea that it is going to change. So just, you know, going with the flow and... Um, yeah, and just keeping an open mind and, and that, yeah, we can't control it, so we're just going to take it all on board and yep. yeah, keep going with it. I reckon this season must be probably the most unique season of football that you've ever had mm. as a footballer. <laughs> um, and maybe here in Perth, we are a long way from places here in Perth. Yeah. And, you know, Australia's a long way from a lot of other places, but um, it's meant that you've had to do things outside of your normal comfort zones and what you expected as a footballer. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I've never had a season quite like this. Um, so, yeah, not having, I guess, a bit of, like, the momentum um, of having game week in, week out has, has been a bit challenging. Um, but that said, the, these upcoming games where we're playing mainly two two games in a week. Um, back when I was at university, that was the setup. You'd usually play a, um, a Thursday, Sunday, most often, or even a Friday, Sunday. So, um, I mean, in that sense, I've I've definitely had a bit of experience, but it's still it's still been the challenge. Yeah. But yeah, we're up for. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because, I mean, obviously being that you're new to the glory here, that a lot of people wouldn't have uh, an idea of your background. H- how was that experience with, at LSU? I mean, that that college system is, is pretty demanding. Yes, it was. <laughs> a very full-on <laughs> four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah there's, um, I mean, especially in the, in the US, they, they demand a lot of, um, even, even in the college system, a lot of the athletes. So it is a very full-on um on schedule week to week um, you're probably training 
I'd say around 20 hours a week, um, and then there's the travel, um, and then on top of the schoolwork. So, yeah, it was a a lot, but I think in um, in the sense of then coming into um, an environment like this, it definitely helped me, Mm -hmm. um, and being able to, you know, train day to day, and um, and, yeah, and, and back it up again, going from game to game, and then having to fly back home and then start the week again. So, I mean, it's... It's definitely been, um, it was definitely a useful experience, that's for sure. What are your aspirations as a footballer, Lily? Um, I think definitely to make the Ferns back home. I'd, I'd love to play for my country. Um, so I guess the, the, the big carrot at the moment is the 2023 World Cup. Yep. So that's, that's, yeah, that's my goal. And I mean, to have, to have one, um, the World Cup here in Australia and New Zealand, I mean, that is something we can only dream of as a kid. So, yeah, I'm very excited um, with that. And so, I mean, I think it's just it's just even more motivation to keep pushing and, and try to make that team. Yeah, but I mean, you say it's only to, something you can dream of, but um, you don't want to mention 2012 and some sort of tournament that you were involved in then? Yeah, that was quite big, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, so I was, I was very fortunate to play in um, two under-17s and an under under 20, but yeah, I had a very good tournament when I was away and um, that would have been Azerbaijan um, and that that was actually what got me into um, the college system in the US, they got scouted um, through that tournament um, that, that yeah, tor- that was pretty insane yeah, it, yeah. Was, <laughs> it was very surreal I remember uh, having tears, tears in my eyes looking out to national anthem <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I mean to, to, to play in the World Cup at any uh, at any age group, it must have been sensational mm-hmm. Good experience. Yes, it was. It was. It was incredible. And, and I mean, the FIFA tournaments are just. I'm, I mean, they're, they're out, out, especially coming from somewhere like New Zealand. I've never experienced anything like that. Just how professional it was, and, and the opportunities we were given when we were over there was just. Yeah, we were very, very lucky. Do you want to name drop one of the uh, one of the better players that uh, you came across? Or, or that you saved? Or, or that you saved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, who then went? Where the hell did that save come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! There's too many good players to name. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> we were talking with Scott Halpin, who's a school sports coach in the under twelve uh, age group here in Perth, and mm-hmm. and we were talking about how girls change or you know, young people change. So you might be uh, small and not so quick at one year, and then you grow, and then you're bigger and stronger and your balance changes and you can be selected into a team the next year. So when mm. we're talking for you playing at under 17, under 20 level, still your body might be changing and you're playing against other players who haven't quite reached their peak or might change. So you might have played against some players that were pretty darn good when you saw them and saved goals against them and then you've seen them mm. as a senior player and you thought, poor, I, I did all right when I was playing yeah. against them, but now they're pretty damn good, <laughs> and I can feel pretty proud that I played against those at a young age. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, for sure, it's, it's incredible, actually, to watch that, you know, the change, and just, just like you said, within one year, the players um, go from being, yeah, I guess uh, players that can be pushed off the ball quite easy, and then when they come in their own, they're, yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with, so... Yeah, I've definitely had the chance to play against players like that and I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, it's definitely sometimes you have to kind of pinch yourself in a while. I've played with those guys. I've competed against <laughs> those guys. Absolutely. Now, um, 
mm. with regards to the game against Brisbane Royal, by the way, listeners, mm. the W League table looks like this with Sydney FC on top, Brisbane Royal, Adelaide, Canberra, Victory, Western Sydney, Newcastle Jets, um, Melbourne, and then Perth Glory are on the bottom. But that's just because we've only played four games. Oh, yeah. And Sydney has played seven games uh, on a whopping 18 points. So once we play a whole stack of games, we hope that'll change, Lily. Yeah, but how good's Lily? Yep. We've only played four games. She's had two saves of the week. I mean, yep. come on. <laughs> good job. Yeah. If that, if that ratio keeps going, oh, hello. Yep. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's, that's the plan. <laughs> so uh, it'll be an interesting game because uh, one of I think the potential talents of uh, WA football here in Morgan Aquino mm. is now playing Ooh. in the goals for Brisbane Raw. Got the goal of the week. Sorry, yeah, save, save of the, of the week. week. Yep. Oops, sorry, it's um, probably the only time we're not going to be cheering for Morgan. Uh, hang on, why not? <laughs> oh, oh, oh we're, we're on a win-win, are we? Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's more. Yeah, there's definitely. going to be two Carols in the squad as well, but they're not sisters. So there's Kim Carroll and there's Sarah Carroll. Yeah. Uh, and I think, is there the McKenna sisters? Are they? Yes. Yes, they're yes. playing, yeah. Yep, so... Leticia and, um, and then Tian on our, on our team. Yeah, so that's going to be actually quite interesting with the families and friend groups. Yep. How they're going to, like, be supporting what... But it's okay to support both, right? It's it's good. We can appreciate <laughs> good football. <laughs> um, yeah. And... Uh, it's a win-win-win for either. I think that um, the Mechanics are actually over here to watch. So I'm We'll be having a game for them sitting in the stands. <laughs> yep. And how are you personally finding Perth? Have you been to Perth before for a holiday or anything like that? Are we treating you well? No, I haven't actually been um, to Perth. This is my first time. And I'm, yeah, loving it. All, all three of us Kiwis are, yeah. <laughs> are loving it. We're, I can see why so many Kiwis um, move over to Perth. Um, but, yeah, the beaches and, and just, I think, such a relaxed vibe within the city. Because um, we're just obviously just been to Sydney. That was actually my first time in Sydney. Oh. Um, and yeah, so that was that was full on. It's a madhouse, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. It, yeah, so, so yeah, no, I, I love Perth. I, I yeah. couldn't see more highly of that. What do you like to do outside of football, Lily? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you usually sleep and then work <laughs> 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 training. <laughs> and a lot of, tra- lot of time. But um, since I've been back in New Zealand, I, I was working full time, so there really wasn't a, <laughs> a lot of time in the week to, to go by. I love spending time with my family um, and getting. But I, I was living in Auckland, so great driving back home to um, to Christchurch, where I'm from, you know, and, and seeing them where I can. But yeah, to be honest, at, at this moment, it's just. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, I would consider that you're a full-time professional footballer, but it's it's kind of crazy because you're not doing a lot of football at the moment. You're probably training more than you're playing games, um, mm. a lot more training than the playing of the games. But um, would you consider yourself a, a full-time professional footballer or a part-time professional footballer? Or what do you think? I mean, I, I guess as but now I'd say because we're not having to work over here, and we've we've all kind of left left our jobs back in New Zealand. I said it feels kind of like a full time job. That's that's our only thing to focus on for the day. I'm just making sure you know we're ready for training, and then yeah. um, and then you know we're, we're traveling away um, every week or so. So 
yeah, it definitely feels like a full-time gig. But that said, I mean, a lot of the girls are still still working mm-hmm. um, and having to do, you know, nine-to-five jobs and come over to training. Um, so I guess in that sense, it feels, yeah, it's just a, a part-time. So with that in mind, do, do you have aspirations to, to go to, not that we want to lose you, by all means, please sign for a 10-year contract. We'd, we'd love to have you stay here, but do you, do you have aspirations to, to play at the higher level, maybe the, the WSL or, or one of the bigger leagues in Europe? Or maybe uh, ma- I mean, ma- maybe in, in America again? I mean, you've got uh, an affinity there. Yeah, I, I'd love to. If I, if I could make this a, um, a full-time kid, yeah, that, that's the dream. That's always been... Been my goal is just waiting for the opportunity, um, and I'm yeah very lucky to get, have it here at Perth. Um, but yeah, that's definitely definitely the goal. Um, and the game plan for the next year or so is to see what else um, I can find. See between seasons when when I head back to New Zealand, um, I'd love to find yeah an opportunity to keep playing throughout yeah. the year, and then yeah with it. Would love to come back and play in this league. It's yeah. been such a good experience. That's brilliant. I mean, we had uh, that situation with uh, with Sam Kerr where she would play for the glory and then off she would go to be the superstar that she turned into in the, <coughs> uh, the US League. So that, that avenue is open for you. You're a superstar here and let the world know how good <laughs> you are. You. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Um, so how do you see the game panning out tomorrow? Lily, you got any um, insights Six nil. 6-0. 6-0. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, I'd love a six nil. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the other way. That lady <laughs> in the goals, she's rubbish, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, yeah. Morgan, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good save. <laughs> yeah. I used to play in the uh, in between the sticks, so yeah, I've, I've saved a couple. <laughs> 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 yeah, but obviously, yeah, it's, got, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, they've definitely come into form of late, um, Brisbane. And so I, I predict this is going to be one of the hardest games, yeah, if not the hardest game to date. So it will, it will be a challenge. And I think when you, when you compare the experience of this Brisbane team and the number of even like international minutes they've had versus, versus our team, it, sure. you know, I, I guess we're definitely going as underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> but... But I think that that will work in our favour. I'm sure that I think we all have a challenge and the opportunity to prove everyone wrong and and you know show show that we we genuinely believe we have it within us. So I think as long as we we're going in with that mindset that you know we're not just trying to compete or or keep up with them, but in fact you know steal a few points from them. That I think that's going to um, yeah be a point of difference tomorrow. Yeah. Have you had a chance to to train at the Redcliffe Stadium or, or, or not? No, no, I have not. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I mean, with uh, both the men and the women playing there, it looks like there's a bit of a home ground advantage there because it's a it's a fairly uh, boutique stadium with the crowd. It, it appears to be right, literally on top of the uh, the players. Ah, oh, cool. That would make for a good environment. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love it. It's an exciting game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love I love when the crowd can get involved. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a, been a. Um, news item put up on the Glory website that says that the game has been changed to 3.05pm Western Standard Time. So, WA, if you're logging in to watch the game. 3.05. Yeah, so, well, that, that's an extra five minutes we have to wait, is it? It's from 4.05. Oh, 4.05. Yep. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's gone, gone back the hour. Oh. 
daylight saving, so who knows what time it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just uh, bear with us too, Lily. We're just going to go through some of the A-League fixtures because on the other side of things we've got our guys um, and fixtures that are happening around the trap. So Perth Glory are playing uh, Brisbane Raw. This is the A-League guys are playing the Brisbane Raw at home on the 26th of February. Yep. Yep, um, and it's a six oh five game, so yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure what I think about these midweek fixtures because um, at six o'clock, you know, that's that's a kind of time you have to rush to get in from work. And yeah. During the midweek, I'm not sure how successful this is going to be. Well, and again, we've we've seen the other major code in this uh, in this town have to play those sorts of games. It's all down to broadcasting on the other side. Uh, of the uh, the country, which yeah. you know, I'd like to see somebody in in Melbourne rock up at a six o'clock kickoff of, of any sport and go, yeah, we enjoyed that experience. Mm. But anyway, and that's it's all the same for the the Perth Glory games. They're there on Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Friday, so they're all over the shop. Yep. So we've just got to be aware that the fixtures are out there. Just be vigilant and aware of what times and where they're going to be. And if you're like me, you've got your Glory membership then just keep watching so you can get to a game. Because my, my plan is, Lily, to get to a glory game by the end of the damn season. And get a Lily Alfred signed shirt. That'd be good. I've <laughs> 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 been changing all oh, over great. the shop. It just works a little bit out a bit difficult. So with the A-League mm. table, Central Coast Mariners are sitting on top. I'm not sure I'm reading this right, right? So the Central Coast Mariners are on top. <laughs> MacArthur, then Brisbane Raw, a third. Western Sydney Wanderers, Sydney FC. Five. This table looks really different to 12 months ago. It's a COVID table, all right. I know, right? Uh, and Gloria sitting seventh on the guys' table. So we've got some home fixtures coming up for the guys, 26th of... And the girls. Yep, 26th of February. 2nd of March, the guys are playing uh, Central Coast Mariners, so that's a top team clash there. Then on the... When are they home again? 24th <laughs> and the 27th of March, they're home again. Games in between, but they're the home games. Yep. So just keep your eye open on the Perth Glory website, Facebook page, our World Football page as well, and just, uh, yeah, make sure if you're a fan, you just keep it happening and shed support as I feel for you. You can't get to the Glory games and have your beer and be with each other in the shed as much as you'd like this year, but, uh, yeah, keep the faith. Lily, it's been fantastic having a chat to you. Thank you for joining us and go the Glory and good luck with the game tomorrow. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Thank I, you very much for having me. Stay no safe. Worries. I feel another save of the week coming on. Yeah, good one. Do it. <laughs> See what I can do. Good on you. Thanks, Lily. Good Lily. See ya. Take care, guys. Bye. That was Lily Alfield, who's the Perth Glory W League coach. Very bouncy young lady. Coach, goalkeeper. Uh, goalkeeper. Oh is she God. loving life or what? I mean, she couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> it's good fun. What a funny way to land in a new team on the other side of the country, in it, like the kind of environment that football is providing for yeah. her at the moment. Yeah, I mean, as you were saying, she went from Azerbaijan to uh, to Louisiana in the space of six months. It's yeah. like... It's, and back to home to New Zealand. Back home, Perth. that's right. So, I mean, football can take you around the world uh, in the travel. strangest of circumstances, which is always uh, going to benefit you in a, uh, in a life situation down the track. Absolutely. Hugh, so, it's been a pleasure sharing the last two hours with you. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to Two Hours of Football, the World Football Program. Remember, it will podcast on the worldfootballprogram.com.au yep. website. Thank you, Nick Templeman. And 
Sean and the team will be in next week. And lastly, Alan Kimbert, don't forget that weed. It's down the back there next to the corner. He's doing the gardening while listening. Hi, yay. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, mate, at the studio. Everyone enjoy your football. <laughs> this program is up next with Lennon Bags. Ta-da.